autoimmunes cross the population were increasing by 9% every year, but in women by 12%. Now, one of the reasons for this is we're nurturers, okay? We're life givers. We keep everyone going around us, but we take on a lot more stress. Now, stress is a key player in your immune system seeing danger, all right? Because you produce cortisol, that looks like a symptom of danger. The immune system goes, whoa, slow down, stop. I need to protect you. So that is why it's a lot more women. Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be? into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pedraza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey y'all, welcome back to Hopeful and Wholesome. Today I have on the show Magic Barclay and she is the lead practitioner at Holistic Natural Health Australia and she's also the host of A Magical Life, Health, Wealth and Weight Loss, which is a podcast that you can check out. Today we are talking all about really getting to the root cause. She has had quite a journey through some life-threatening conditions, conditions that she's she's going to talk about here on the show. And she really took it upon herself to get to the root of the problem because she was brushed off. She was just kind of poo-pooed on everything that she's dealing with, which ended up being super serious, which again, we'll get into in this episode. But we talk really about you know why women are women's concerns many times are kind of pushed to the side or kind of poo-pooed. And, you know, really power of being your own advocate and taking control of your health. We also talk about how trauma relates to your health and your wellness and really to your recovery, to the healing of your body and what it really means to kind of get to get through these old paradigms of healing. And we also get in a little bit to uh, mold toxicity and what that looks like in the body, because that is kind of her forte. She is really a master practitioner at mold toxicity recovery. So we talked a little bit about that. So a lot of things to cover in this episode. I'm excited to share all of this insight that magic brings. So let's jump in. All right, y'all, let's jump in. I'm here today with magic and we are talking all about really holistic health in general, but we've got a lot of really cool specific things we're going to dive into just because magic has so much experience and some things I can't wait to talk about. So thanks so much for joining me today, Magic. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yes. And actually, if you want to know, Magic got up super early because she's literally on the other side of the globe in Australia. And so it's like she just got up and decided to do this interview with me and I'm really grateful. So thanks so much for getting up early and managing the time zone situation. No problem. So apologize to your listeners, my red eyes, red face, <laughs> croaky <laughs> voice at this time of day. You are fine. I love it. So typically I like, um, in a lot of circumstances, I like to wait for like kind of the like backstory as we get further into the interview. But I feel like you have a backstory that we kind of need to start with because it's kind of what got you into this realm with kind of your experience through your health journey. So can you give the listeners, a little insight into your health journey and how you got here. Sure. Well, I never really had a good relationship with myself. So this is kind of the first thing. Right through childhood, I was second-class citizen in my family. And, you know, it just wasn't conducive to learning who you are. So 
I mistreated my body a lot. Like I was an alcoholic by 17, mm. you know, so I thought I'd live for today, not for tomorrow. Let's have fun now. And so that kind of set the scene for problems later on. And I said I had no relationship with self. I actually had anorexia as well. So, you know, I'd eat a meal once a week, like a meal, mm. and that would keep me going for the whole week. And I lived off, you know, French champagne and coffee for I don't know how long. And then kind of fast forward a couple of years after being in that kind of lifestyle, in fact, nearly 10 years of being in that lifestyle, and I was pregnant. So I couldn't do that to myself anymore because there was someone else that I had to look after. So, you know, here I was, didn't know who I was, and now I'm going to be a mum. And it's something I'd always wanted. And so I had to change. So I started eating for my baby, but my brain didn't know what to do with that. My body didn't know what to do with that. And if you've, your listeners have ever had an addiction and you go cold turkey after a decade, it's not the safest thing to do Mm -hmm. for yourself. So I started getting really unwell and really morbidly obese during my pregnancy. And you know, two kids later, I'm still morbidly obese and really unwell. So I was going to my doctor and look, something's wrong. I've kind of, you know, Google had just come out. So I'd started doctor Googling myself <laughs> and realized something was wrong with my thyroid. So I went to my doctor and he said, no, nope, nothing wrong with it. You just, you're fat. You just got to lose weight. Yeah. You just got to eat less, move more. Now, to say eat less to someone who, had anorexia, not a great idea. Mm-hmm. Don't blame the diet because, you know, I could eat less, trust me, but that wasn't going to be the the solver of the situation. Mm-hmm. So I felt really ignored and actually gaslit. He wrote on my form that I had Munchausen. Oh, wow. And I knew I wasn't nuts. Something That's was wrong, crazy. you know. I know. So, you know, fast forward a little bit more in time, I've left my husband and taking the kids and we've run to another town. So I'm still unwell. In fact, I'm more unwell now. You know, the, all the added stress has just like my body's gone. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to listen. I've been telling you for years to listen. Now you're going to listen. So I found a doctor in our new town and I said, listen, I don't have Munchausen's. I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'm a recovering anorexic. And this is a situation These are my symptoms, you know, what the hell? Now, now, during this time, I'd gotten myself into fitness. I'd opened a gym, sold the gym, closed the gym, you know, the whole thing. And so I knew that what my body was doing wasn't right. You know, the things I was experiencing were not right and they weren't in my head. And so this doctor actually listened to me. We found that I had stage four cancer. It had spread to my lymph nodes. And yeah. And I had diabetes as well. And for someone who was into their fitness, you know, this was, this is crazy. This is why, Mm -hmm. why is this happening? You know? And so because the divorce was going on, I had to have the cancer surgery. I didn't believe in it. And I said to my doctor, I'm not doing chemo or radiation. Like, no way, Mm -hmm. no way am I doing that. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of went down the natural pathways. While I was recovering, 
I had a fall on wet concrete. I contracted Lyme disease. Like there was just so much more coming at me. And when I looked at what was happening and took myself kind of back out of the situation, I went, I have to work out why this is happening, not what is happening. I know the what. I know the how. Well, I thought I knew the how, Mm -hmm. but the why. What triggered all of this? What triggered my earlier on diagnosis? What triggered there? What is the root cause of all of this? So I started really diving into all things alternative medicine, natural health, integrative health, the whole thing, and started going back to school, restudying everything, and to find out that the root cause of all of this kind of started with my alcoholism and my lack of sense of self, I was like, hmm, okay, why is this? So what I learned in this time was that no body system works alone, right? These situations, these diagnoses don't just happen. Mm -hmm. Something has to trigger them. And for me, there were a number of body systems in play. So I don't know if your listeners can to see this under my chin, looks like I've got a fat chin. It's actually lymphedema. And that mm. developed after my cancer surgery, as did a couple of other conditions. So the root cause of this isn't the surgery. Mm-hmm. The root cause of this is my packed up liver. Mm-hmm. Why is the liver packed up? Well, I was an alcoholic for 10 years and an anorexic. So I wasn't getting any nutrients, but I was getting copious amounts of alcohol, which were damaging my liver. Why is lymphedema a liver issue? Because the liver has to filter every single blood cell, every bit of waste has to categorize it. And it talks to the lymphatic system very closely. And it says, hey, dude, take this rubbish away. And when you've had a surgery that damages your neck, your lymphatic system says, listen, liver, I can't take the rubbish away. I can't. There's a whole lot of lymph nodes missing. Mm -hmm. I'm damaged. And so, you know, these parts of your body have this internal conversation Mm -hmm. and it goes, she won't mind, just put it there, you know, let's just deposit it there. (laughs) It comes fibrotic, so it comes hard, there you are. So this is like, you know, this snowball effect in your body and this happens in every system of the body, Mm -hmm. right? So the autoimmunes that I was left with, well, it's not the immune system attacking itself like doctors would like you to believe, it's your immune system trying to protect you and save you. Mm -hmm. Same as this is my lymphatic system trying to protect me and save me because the body only has to be safe for as long as it can. If that means it has to shut some stuff down, that means that it has to adapt, it will do that because it wants you alive. I hope I answered your question, but, yeah, look, you know, all these conditions were not the problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's huge. That's huge. And thank you for sharing that. What a, geez, what a journey. And I love this conversation that you're starting because I've talked about this a lot. Be- I mean, it's because, I mean, we both of us, we, we do this. That's what we do with the ladies we work with. I know that we get a lot of ladies who come to us who, like you're saying, they, they've been kind of brushed off or their doctors say it's one thing, but their intuition is telling them something else. And they're like, no, like it's, I know my body, I know something's wrong. So this is such a frustrating problem. And you know, what's funny. I just talked about this a few weeks ago in another, on another interview. There was an article that came out in, I want to say the Washington Post, maybe the New York Times, 
but it was this article that was about how many women, and specifically women, have been brushed off by doctors and how it's like this disproportional number of women who are, like you're saying, kind of gaslit, it's they're brushed off that compared to men. And these were women who were complaining about things. And their doctors were like, oh, you're fine. Kind of like you, like just lose some weight. And they ended up with like serious cancer and like serious disorders. So I guess I don't even know how to like steer this conversation in the way because there's so many ways you could go with this conversation. But I guess what is the what the right steps to take for people who feel like this? It's like, you know, I've been to the doctor. They're brushing me off. They're not listening to me. Like what can women do? Yeah, well, look, first of all, I'll address why it's women. Mm. The PubMed actually published an article back in, I want to say, 2019 about autoimmune diseases, right? And what they found was that autoimmunes across the population were increasing by 9% every year, but in women by 12%. Mm. Now, one of the reasons for this is we're nurturers, okay? We're life givers. We keep everyone going around us, but we take on a lot more stress. And stress is a key player in your immune system seeing danger, all right? Because you produce cortisol, that looks like a symptom of danger. The immune system goes, whoa, slow down, stop. I need to protect you, okay? So that is why it's a lot more women, and I've just completely lost your questioning because I really <laughs> wanted to let people know that. <laughs> yes. No, that was good. I, I did want to ask it too. Well, the other part is like, what can we do? Like, what do we do about right. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Sorry. It is, you know, the crack of dawn before the crack of dawn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what do we do? We have to look for root cause. We have to see what is triggering this. Now, I work with a doctor called Dr. Stuart Gillespie from innateimmunity.com, and he has trained 100 practitioners worldwide to do what I do, okay? So what we give you, well, certainly, you know, my business will give you an intake form of 17 pages. Now, someone joked to me the other day, hey, Magic, I'm going to send my thesis back to you really (laughs) soon to book our call, and he wasn't wrong. (laughs) You know, it's 17 pages. I ask about a lot of the systems of the body. I do ask about the symptoms, but they're going to tell me what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go through your 17-page intake form, and I'm going to then jump on a complimentary call. We call it the root cause analysis call. And I'm going to ask you more questions about this form because there's stuff that I'm seeing that I need to read between the lines here. Mm -hmm. What I'm not going to do is I'm not going to start treating you before I have that form. I'm not going to offer you any treatment before I have that form, before I've, you know, evaluated the whole thing and come to my conclusions and explain them to you. Mm -hmm. And what I'm also not going to do is send you off for copious amounts of expensive testing because I don't need to. It's on the form. Now, unfortunately, many doctors and naturopaths around the world do not take you through this intake, what they're going to do is, oh, you've got, you think you've got a thyroid issue, go get this thyroid mm-hmm, test. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's not the full thyroid panel. Right, right. The other parts of it, they'll tell you you're nuts or it doesn't exist or you don't need that, right? So I'm not going to do that because this form is going to tell me most of it. Now, if you've been for previous tests, I'm going to want to see those because you've already had them. They're still going to tell me something, mm-hmm. Okay. 
So this is what's important. To treat root cause, you need to give information. Now, I look back to, you know, when I was going to doctors, they'd go, how are you feeling today? What, what's the problem? I don't know what the problem is. I'm the patient. You're the doctor. You tell me. Mm-hmm. Why is feeling the glands here going to tell you everything about my body? It's not. Right. You know, why do I only have five to seven minutes to tell you everything? You can't yeah. collect a full history. And certainly here in Australia, we never seen the same doctor. Yeah. Okay, we go to these big super clinics and right. there might be 20 doctors working there. Unless you specifically ask for the same doctor mm-hmm. every single time and he or she might only be there mm-hmm. for five years, mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't see the same doctor like we used to right. who knew our history. Right. So this is where practitioners like me and my team are important mm-hmm. because you will see the same person. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. barring me kicking up my heels and pushing up daisies, if you start with me, you will keep seeing me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot going on there, but you really do need to see someone who is trained in ad immunity and functional health solutions to really get the full picture. Right. Now, some of your listeners are probably going, oh, what about an integrative doctor? Like they do what you do, it's functional medicine. Yes, it is. But they will still send you for expensive tests and send you home with two shopping bags of supplements, they'll ask for more history. I can pretty much guarantee it's not 17 pages. Yeah, right, right. Well, and I think the other piece of that, the other important piece is, which, you know, you can look at the different parts of kind of like the holistic wellness space and you have some, you know, nutrition coaches and nutritionists that are just going to, you know, they're going to tell you what to eat and give you the supplements. But then there's like the lifestyle piece, right? Like there's, the trauma piece, which I want to touch on in a second, but there's the trauma piece and the mental emotional piece and the stress management. There's so many more pieces than just giving you a ton of supplements and say, hey, don't eat this, you know? Totally. Yeah. And the trauma piece is really what I wanted to touch on next because I know that's kind of one of the aspects that you work with. And so, you know, looking back at your head where you were kind of tracing the root cause of everything that you dealt with, and there was this, you know, some trauma pieces involved that kind of led you down your path. What is that trauma piece that we're missing? Like, how do we address that trauma piece? And then I want to ask you too about this PNEI of trauma that you work with your clients. Okay, sure. Well, let's start with trauma. What is this trauma piece? Who thought it up? But a questionnaire was developed called the ACEs questionnaire, and it's adverse childhood experiences questionnaire. Okay. And it's 10 questions and they're standardized now. All of my team use it. It's in our intake form. And in these questions, it asks you things that might have happened during your childhood. Now, out of these 10 questions, if you score three and above, trauma is a big factor in your health today. Trauma is a big factor in your emotional attachments, your relationships, everything today. Why? Because we store trauma in our body, in the cells in our body. Okay. And so for me, looking back, my earliest trauma that I can remember was three years old. So, you know, probably before that too, but that's the one I remember. Mm-hmm. And it was continued after that. So, of course, my body's not going to escape the results that came from that. Mm-hmm. So, trauma actually is an energy. It's a negative energy. And it can be acute as in you're driving down the road, you see a car accident. That's a traumatic experience. It's acute. It's rapid onset. Could be a problem at work. It could be a problem with a friend or 
within your family or something like that. Or it can be chronic, which means it's sustained. So it starts in your childhood. It keeps going. Then there's a marriage breakup and then there's this and then there's that. And it's just a constant insult on your body. Now, this negative energy has to be stored. Okay, so it gets stored in all your cells. And let's leave that there for now. And what is the PNEI? Well, PNEI is psychoneuroendoimmunology of trauma. When I was rabbit holing everything going on in my body, I read a book by Dr. Gabor Mate called When the Body Says No. And he spoke of this PNEI. This is one of the pieces I've been missing out of this whole jigsaw puzzle. And it was. Mm-hmm. So, what is the P? It's the psycho. It's the limbic center of your brain. So the central part of your brain. Okay. So in your brain, you've got your reptilian brain at the base. That is the fight, flight, freeze. As soon as you walk into a room, you see a bookshelf. It's like scanning. Is that bookshelf going to jump? Is that bookshelf going to fall on you? Is someone from the corner about to jump out and, you know, attack you? Like you don't even know your brain's doing this. You open the fridge. Is something going to fall off the shelf and whack me in the face? Like it's doing this all the time. Okay. And when it thinks it needs to, it kicks up the information to the central part of your brain, the limbic center. So this is where the P from PNEI comes in. So something happens in your childhood, P jumps in and says, you didn't feel heard as a child, therefore you feel unheard, you feel unimportant, Mm -hmm. you feel down on yourself. These thoughts are going to be in there. Now, these thoughts are almost as dangerous as a pathogen, as if you'd caught a, a bug, like a viral you know, disease or a bacterial disease. These P, these thoughts are just as powerful. Now, if this goes on long enough in your body, your body goes, wow. So the N comes in. So you might start getting random nerve pain. You might start getting like, you know, a twitchy hand or a shaky hand or something like that. When you're in a situation that reminds you of something that's happened. Okay. This happens long enough. The nervous system relays these messages going through your body. Body goes, wow, I'm in danger again. So it calls in the endocrine system. So you're in a situation that might remind you of something, you know, even subconsciously. You're not even aware this is happening now. Okay. You might ignore the aches and pains. You're kind of ignoring these white flags waving to say, I surrender. You need to listen. And so the E comes in. All of a sudden you feel, hot flushed, you might feel nervous, you might feel sweaty, you you might just get tummy ache all the time or headaches. Or So this is the E, this is the endocrine system coming in. It's changing your hormonal profile to keep you alive, keep you safe, keep you from danger. And when all of these are happening, the big dog on the block, the immune system comes in and says, wow, I don't know if that is a pathogen I don't know if it's a parasite. I know it's dangerous because look at all this, you know, ongoing for so much time. I am going to have an immune response now because you didn't listen. I can see those white flags. Here comes the big waving red one. So all of a sudden you might be at work. You might be having to give, you know, a presentation at work. You've kind of random back pain and, you know, then you've got a hot flash and you're about to give the talk and, you've got a a frog in your throat and your nose starts running. Why? Because your immune system's gone. Well, you didn't listen. This is an unsafe situation. You are in danger. So here, here I come. You're going home to bed for two days thinking you've got a cold. And guess what? You don't have to give the talk. And then everything else should settle down because 
I stopped it. It's okay, boss. It's okay, body. I stopped it. So this is how the PNEI works, and it's a very silly demonstration of it, but, you know, it gives an idea of how these systems interplay. Because remember I said no system works alone. So when you have trauma, specifically, okay, so when we're talking autoimmune, the PNEI is usually a big factor in that. And when it's more women than men, why? Because I'm going to generalise and it's probably wrong to do, but a lot of men, something happens and they kind of push it to the back of their minds and kind of look like they're getting over it. Right. They're not really getting over it. Their body's not. Mm -hmm. But women, we feel things. We attach more emotions to Mm -hmm. things. So this cycle is more likely to occur, only slightly more likely. Men, this will happen and they won't say anything and they won't go to their doctor or, you know, their integrative person or whoever. Okay, men will hide it. Their body will still have an autoimmune, but they might not recognize Mm -hmm. it. Women are less likely to hide it. Their body will have the autoimmune, but they'll recognize it. Right. So that's kind of the only difference there. Yeah. And I think that's a huge piece. I I mean, I think your generality was accurate because I think that, you know, with men too, it's I think most of the time, and of course there might be, and I don't really have many men who listen to this, but of course there are some men who are in tune with their body. But I also think that's women too. Women are just more in tune with their body. They're more aware of what's going on. So they can recognize things that are feeling off in their body. And I think, like you said, I think men just either they push it aside or they don't even recognize it. Like they're just not aware of it. They just don't have like the same sense of body awareness that women do, which is why, you know, like you're, we're talking about like the not necessarily misdiagnosis, but like being brushed off or just not listened to by the doctor. I think, you know, it just all plays into that because we're always the ones, you know, telling somebody the doctor about this or that or whatever, but it's because we're aware of it. Yep, totally. Mm-hmm. But men also die a lot earlier than women. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They wait because till it's they too can't late. hear all this yes, going on. Right, we exactly. can, you know. Yes, that's exactly it. They wait till it's too late. And then it's a huge thing rather than if we would have addressed this like, you know, years ago, we could have stopped this big thing from escalating, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 100%. So the other thing I wanted to ask you, about, because I know one of the things, and I just wanted to touch on this just because we haven't really talked about this much on the show, but I know one of the things that you do as a, a lead practitioner at that Holistic Natural Health, the, the group that you work in is mold toxicity. And I wanted to touch on this a little bit because I feel like at least in you know my world in functional health, I feel like it's coming up a lot lately. Like in I know in my world as an FDN, we're seeing a lot of, a lot more frequently. So can you kind of talk about what that is and like what it looks like in the body and how to recover from that? Yeah. Well, wow. Mold. <laughs> <laughs> We've always dealt with it. It is the great survivor. It's used in medication. It's used in warfare. But where it differs from other pathogens, how can I say this, is other pathogens need you to be alive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whether it be a viral cell, a bacterial cell, fungal cell, whether it be a parasite, you're the host. Snacks for the party. Mold, on the other hand, is a decomposer, right? It doesn't care if you're alive because once it's done with you, it just moves on. Mm. And this is how we get mold toxicity because it's in our environment. We've come so far with building homes that we've made them draft-proof and perfectly dry and, you know, we've got the drywall around us and we've got our curtains on the windows and, Isn't that great? No, it's not because we don't have airflow, but we're using heaters and air conditioners and we're cooking inside and we've got, you know, water being piped in. 
And this is breeding ground for mould because we don't have airflow anymore. Mm -hmm. We don't. Here in the middle of winter in Australia at three degrees Celsius, (laughs) we don't generally have windows open Mm -hmm. because, you know what, bloody cold. (laughs) So (laughs) mould goes, oh, this is great. I get to live in this house. In the furnishings, I can develop in the bathroom and no one will pay any attention because mm-hmm. bathrooms get a little bit of mold, you know. And as the person goes and has a shower, I can just release some spores, go up their nose, get into their body. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is fantastic. And if they die, they die. I'll finish the party and move on, you know. Mm-hmm. This is how mold kind of works. But not all mold is bad mold. I do need to say that that there's 37 known types of mould so far. Some of those are bad, not all are. What happens when you get one of those bad moulds and you become mould toxic? Remember that PNEI trauma? Mould loves to pull the strings like a little puppeteer with a marionette doll because it attaches to your limbic centre of your brain and it intensifies everything. Mm. So some key symptoms of mould toxicity are, you know, you could be watching TV and an ad comes along, all of a sudden you burst out into tears. You're driving down the street and all of a sudden burst out into tears. Why? Why is that happening? Because mold is pulling strings in your brain, okay? It's making you feel these emotions that don't make any sense. They shouldn't be attaching to a banking ad on TV or driving <laughs> down the street and seeing a red traffic light. Like That doesn't make sense, okay? Now, what mold also does is it causes a whole imbalance in all the other systems of the body. So you have autoimmune from mold toxicity. Okay, you can have a whole lot worse conditions than an autoimmune from mold toxicity. Now, like I said, mold doesn't care if you're alive. So if mold toxicity gets you to the point where you're on death's doorstep, it goes, oh well, party's over. Find somewhere else to go. No problem. Okay, so this is, it's so insidious. It's really important Mm -hmm. that you get someone who knows mold and get them to check out things. Now, I mentioned it ramps things up. So, other symptomology, and I know I said I don't treat symptoms, but I do listen to symptoms. So, other symptomology of mold includes sensitivity to light and sound and smell. You wake up in the morning and you've got red, scratchy eyes and a runny nose. Well, that might be mold mm-hmm. to the cinema and you've been looking forward to seeing whatever, Jurassic Park or whatever, and you sit down, the speakers start blaring the ads at you and you're like, oh, I can't handle this. This feels like someone's stabbing my head mm-hmm. with sound. Guess what? Mold. Or the curtains pull back on the screen and the lights start flashing. Now I've got lights right in front of me today so you can see me. They're bright but I can tolerate them. Mm-hmm. But you're in the cinema and all of a sudden the lights start flashing and you're like, wow, it feels like spears going through my eyes, mold. Mm-hmm. You walk into a room and someone drops a glass. Now, normally that's pretty annoying anyway, but all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, what is that? Mold. Mm-hmm. So mold is one of these things that can completely destroy your life if it's allowed to. And Like I said, it will take you right to the brink. It doesn't care. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important that we don't discount how nasty a pathogen mold actually Mm -hmm. is. Yeah, I agree. And I I think too, it can go so long. You can go so long with thinking they're just like, these aren't serious symptoms. 
And then they just kind of like, it just escalates. So I think, yeah, I think like you said, it's well, I think too, I think, you know, knowing the signs. So I guess let's talk about that for a second, because so if people are wondering like, huh, like some of these sound familiar, like what are some signs like around your home that you might've been exposed to mold? Look, you're definitely looking for the, you know, the leaky faucets, the leaky taps. You're definitely looking in your bathroom because that's the first place it's going to show up. You're looking at your cupboard, right, your pantry cupboard. Put a loaf of bread in there. A couple of days later, uh, fuzzy. Mm -hmm. There's mold in your home, okay? Your addiction to coffee and chocolate and and maybe even mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Think about it because that's another way mold gets into your life. Now, mushrooms are great to eat, don't get me wrong, but they are a fungus mm-hmm. and they do live with mold. Like, you know, but coffee and chocolate in particular, they're crops that are very moldy. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you're craving coffee, and but you don't like the taste of it or anything. And you're like, oh, I really need to have a coffee. Oh, I don't really like coffee. Well, maybe that's not you wanting the coffee. Okay, maybe that's the mold colonization wanting to mm. shore itself up to make sure that it stays. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Maybe the addiction to chocolate isn't because you like chocolate. So, you know, there's a few things that you can look at, but on the flip side, there's a few things you can do to reduce your exposure to mold. And that is in the middle of winter, have a window open in the house. Doesn't have to be right where you are. Mm-hmm. As long as you've created some airflow. Airflow, yeah. When you're cooking, don't just rely on, we call them range hoods here in Australia. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what they yeah, are there. Let me know what those are. Okay, good. <laughs> don't just rely on the range hood to take the steam from the stove mm-hmm. and the oven. Open a window, yep. open a door, Yep. no matter what the temperature. Mm-hmm. Allow your home to be more conducive to your health. You know, we don't need to have it all locked up tight right. and, you know, right. great and pristine. It doesn't need to work like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great tip. And I, I love the tip of opening the door. And of course, if you're like my house, my husband can't stand things smelling like, you know, garlic or onions or whatever. So we open the door anyway, <laughs> cooking. So I think that's a good tip to, to just keep the airflow and just, yeah, because yeah, that's like you said, I mean, it is, it's, you know, we keep everything locked up tight and that's, yeah, such a great tip. Yeah, that's perfect. I love that. And with weather changing these days as it has, and look, I'm not going to put my tinfoil hat on here on your podcast. Let's just say weather anymore. Okay. Uh, absolutely. I'm just going to leave that 100%, 100%. one there. 100%. But <laughs> we don't have a situation that we did in the 70s when I was a kid of, uh, okay, winter's rainy and wet. Right. And summer's hot and dry. We don't right. have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here in Melbourne in Australia, you know, weather used to be predictable. Mm-hmm. You knew that it was freezing and raining for three months mm-hmm. and it was nice for three months mm-hmm. and then it was stinking hot and we had bushfires <laughs> everywhere for right. about four months. Right. And then for the rest it was coming down to coolness again. It was yeah. nice again. Yeah. We don't have that anymore. So you know, what's going on? Like it's the middle of winter here at the moment and it's barely rained. Mm. We've had a heat wave of 10 degrees Celsius for most days in a row. Wow. Where we're actually walking around in T-shirts in yeah. winter. Yeah, yeah. And 10 degrees is not warm, but our bodies are used right. to it's three degrees overnight and the high temperature for the day is five degrees. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm. not happening. Yeah. Okay. And we used to have rain. Now we're getting 
things called rain bombs, which I never knew existed. But anyway, like I said, not going there. Yeah, I don't know what um, that is either. <laughs> yeah, so a rain bomb here in Australia is a new phenomenon where it rains so heavily that it floods whole cities and towns. Oh, lovely. For 48 hours. Mm. And that goes away again. Wow. Weird. That's crazy. Anyway, mm-hmm. so, you know, all of these situations mould, we're playing into its hands. Yeah. We really are. And like I said, it doesn't care if you're used up, spent, done, because the decomposer, it just goes, huh, mm-hmm. up to the next thing. That's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's such a good point. Well, and I think it's, I think it is a good point to bring up about the weather because that could be, because like I said, I feel like we've, I've really seen an influx over the past couple of years of people being exposed and just being in like toxic situations. But I think it's a great point to bring up the weather piece of it. I mean, I think it's totally related to like the increase in like cases we've seen. So yeah, I think it's a good, I think it's an important topic to talk about because I think it's, I mean, at some point you're going to be, I feel like everybody's going to be exposed to mold at some point. So I think it's important to know, you know, what it is, what it looks like and the risk and all that. So, yeah. And look, I wish I could give you a clear list of symptoms, but, you know, mold alone, pretty much any symptom that you're going to experience to any other disease, mold is going to mimic that. Right. So it could be the runny nose. It could be the brain fog. It could be the headaches, could be dizziness, could be aches and pains, random aches and pains in the body. You know, it could be any of those things. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily going to be a viral attack. They could be mold. Right. So, you know, it's like I said, it's the great survivor Mm -hmm. and it doesn't care if you survive. Yeah. Such an important thing, important topic for us to to know about for sure. And I do, before we kind of wrap things up and I like to always finish with the same same question with everybody, I do want to... Uh, for you to tell everybody where they can find out more about you and what you do. And I know you also have a podcast. So if you can share a little bit about where people can find out about you. Sure. Well, the podcast and everything can be found on our website. So it's holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. And that's holistic with a W. So really important because we use holism to treat the body. I like it. So look for holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. You'll find links to the podcast, links to all our socials. Our blog is up there. And you will find our services page. Now, when you scroll down on the services page, there's a book now button, and that will take you to our booking system. I encourage everyone to book a root cause analysis. It's complimentary. And as soon as you hit book, it will send you that 17-page intake form. (laughs) What I suggest you do is start, put everything you can on the form, go make a cup of tea, (laughs) go for a quick walk, come back and finish the form because when you stop staring at it for a little while, you'll actually find more things that need mm-hmm. to go onto it. Mm-hmm. Now, once we get that, we book the call. If you're in Australia, we'll probably phone you. If you're anywhere else in the world, we'll do a Zoom call. And as I said, we'll go through that form. All of that is complimentary. And if we decide not to work together, we'll part ways with you having some ideas, real tangible ideas of what your next steps are. You'll get some education on the matter as well. and about what the root cause might be. Yeah, that's great. Well, and I love that. that that's so awesome that you'll give a complimentary call where that you can walk away with like a little more knowing. Because I, I mean, I think it's it's all just like the power of awareness and education, all that. So I love that you're giving people at least that piece to take away with, with them to know yep. a little bit more about what's going on. That's awesome. I love that. Well, look, we're all about sustainable ethical health. So it needs to be sustainable for you, not prohibitive with tests of costs and things like that, but it needs to be ethical. 
So that is where our standpoint is. And, you know, we hope we can change the world to be a better place one person at a time. I love that. That's awesome. I love it. And I do have one more question for you that I like to ask everybody freely. What do you think is the most important thing you can do to live with purpose? Oh, great question. (laughs) (laughs) Work out who you are. That's the main thing. You know, people used to say, hey, Magic, who are you? I'm a mom and I'm a this and I'm a business owner and I'm that. No, Magic, who are you? I'm someone who enjoys nature. I'm someone who loves her family. I'm someone who respects herself because she's been through so much and guess what? She's still going. Mm. That's who I am. So really work out who you are. I love that. I love that. It's such, I love it. So insightful. Thank you so much, Magic, for this, for sharing all this wonderful insight. And I know it's going to give women who are listening just the courage and the wherewithal to like speak up for themselves and advocate for themselves and be able to like get down to the root cause of what they're dealing with. So thank you for sharing this and for giving everybody that that sense of, of courage. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I know how I can provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics that you want to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Hope Pedraza or visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.